thank you so much to our sponsors, Yellow Racket Records, a place for music lovers to discover, hear, and buy new and pre-loved records. Great staff, great coffee, comfy chairs. YellowRacketCHA.com and RC2 Realty Solutions Real Estate Investments. Robin Ring's got a brand new thing. Call 531-1722. Only in Jeff Styles America. Hey folks, welcome to Storyville with old little Hefe here. Storyville here at fredpodcast.com. Try to do one a week. Stories from my past, my life, or the pasts or lives of those around me, closest to me, usually. And glad to have you today. Glad to have you today. This is not going to be a distant, long, drawn-out, in-the-past, dredged-out story. This is going to be something that just happened last week, less than a week ago to me. And I'll keep it short and sweet, but I'll tell you this. My spirits have been lifted for an entire week because of this one little incident, this one little happenstance, but it's something I've been seeking for years. If you go, if you went to fredpodcast.com and found this podcast, this particular episode of Storyville, you probably are going to see as well a link to a video that was shot on Sunday, the 13th of December, 2020, at 11 a.m.-ish, near my home, up at Henson's Gap, Lewis Chapel Mountain, Sequatchie County, Tennessee. And what you're going to see is about three and a half minutes of GoPro video of a phenomenon, a weather phenomenon, that is called a fog bow. A fog bow, like rainbow with fog. It's also called a glory. When they are glories, they tend to be seen from the air, only from from a pilot's perspective or a passenger in some sort of aircraft's perspective looking down through the clouds. If it's almost a complete circle, a complete circular rainbow, which is what a glory is, it's a fog bow. And here's what you have to have to see a fog bow. And then I'll tell you the story. You have to have water molecules directly in front of you and the sun directly behind you. All right. What is that the ingredients for? A rainbow. But in this particular situation, it happens in dense fog or low-lying clouds, pretty much the exact same thing. And when you have the sun directly behind you and you're able to look downward, you have to be able to look downward cast your eyes and the sunbeam shooting past you at a blanket of water molecules that at some point will become opaque enough to form a rainbow, but the rainbow goes in a full circle. And in each instance, whenever I've seen one, my feet have been on the ground. I was not airborne, so I didn't get the complete circle, but pretty doggone close. Look at the video and you will see something very few people have ever seen. And I wondered if I ever saw one again after my first one, which I did not appreciate anywhere near enough, if it could be captured on video or by a camera phone, a phone camera. Um, Because I've noticed that 
rainbows do not show up particularly well on high def, high def, digital, high definition digital uh, photographs for some reason. They don't capture a rainbow as good as just old fashioned 35 millimeter film seem to. So I didn't know if it would come out, but it did. The first one I ever saw, I'll tell the story briefly, it was a charity event and it was a walk for the Epilepsy Foundation and they had it up on a mountaintop called Raccoon Mountain, one of the many mountains in our area around here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where this podcast, this show originates. And uh, so people came out and they have this man-made lake on the top of the mountain and a big, long road that is built around the man-made lake. It's all owned by the TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. And so they did this walk that started at this little park. Some people did the entire circular road. Some people just went to from the edge of the park to the gate and back. It was a pretty good little walk. And I took off and got together a bunch of celebrities from local media, newspaper, TV, and radio, because that's what I did, and these were the people that were my peers. I wanted to help, but I didn't want to just go walk. And so I got this group of folks together, and we decided to do something a little bit tougher, more challenging, and we walked the trails and pathways around the same circumference around this mountain near the top, but it was the mountain bike trails. It was a series of trails that had just been laid out. And trust me, trail work is tough. That takes a lot of guts and backbone and strong muscles and people willing to do dirty, dirty, tiring work to build a trail. And these were fairly new. And so we were going to go in. It was about, I guess, all said and done. I'm going to say it was about three and a half miles on the trail and, and trail miles stretch out. It's not the same as being on the road. And uh, so it was, it was a good hike for a given Saturday morning, which is when we were up there. But the whole group of people were milling around at this ranger station. This is where we were meeting. Me and my buddy, Bo Sox Bob, took off with this huge cooler that had everybody's lunch in it. We had a local businessman, a guy named Shannon Brown, friend of mine still to this day, owned all the local Zaxby's restaurants. And he'd put together these lunch boxes and drinks of, you know, things of tea. And we were going to take them to the halfway point at this little park area on the other side of the mountain. And we do so. So Bo Sox, Bob and I each have a handle of this big cooler, way too heavy and big for one guy to really walk it down to where it needed to be. And we leave the road area, the parking lot of this park, and we start going downhill. And it's one of those socked-in mornings. Fog is in the valley. The mountaintop itself is sunny. But if you look down in the river valley where the Tennessee River is flowing through it, the gorge, as it's called, the Tennessee River Gorge, second largest river gorge in America behind only the Grand Canyon. And uh, we're looking out there, and the entire river valley is socked in with fog. And it's a beautiful, beautiful phenomenon in and of itself. It's just an inversion. It's just an inversion where warmer air is being trapped by cooler air on top of it and held down. And the fog represents the, the warmer air, the cooler air. And it was nice and crisp. It was a fall morning. It was on top of us. And it was a brilliant day. So the people in the valley would think it was an overcast, rainy, cloudy, nucky, yucky day. But it was beautiful where we were. But as we're walking downward... And we're walking into the fog, out of the clear, into the fog around the wooded area where they have all the picnic tables and stuff. 
all of a sudden we just stop. And they're in front of us, about 25, 30 feet in front of us, not far, the distance of a, a, a telephone pole, you know, essentially, is this shimmering rainbow, almost completely circular. And in it, and I mean, it's just up there like it is a sheet hanging up on a wall and you're shining a projector on it. That's how clear and how opaque and how obviously present it was. It was right in front of us. It looked like it was made of something solid. It was that brilliant and bright, and the prism was so detectable. But, of course, it undulated. It undulated with the fog and the light beams that were coming from behind us and hitting it that was causing it to light up into this rainbow effect you know, they were shifting in the fog as well. So you get this sort of impression you're in this tunnel. You're in a tunnel, you're at one end, and you're looking at the end of it, and it is either a wall of light or it's some sort of mystical gateway into another dimension. But the oddest thing about it, and this is going to be consistent again, if you become a fog bow warrior and you go looking for one yourself with whatever you got with the rest of your life, however much time the good Lord is going to give you, because uh, I certainly looked for it hard after I saw this one, you're going to find that the characteristics are always the same. The most distinctive thing about a fog bow is that your shadow will be at the center of it. It's taken me this long to get to that. That's the thing that makes it truly, truly breathtaking. And I don't say breathtaking in any sort of sense other than the literal, oh my God, nobody on the planet could see this effect, this phenomenon, and not be moved by it. Our shadow, and something else about that hour, hang on a second, my shadow was right there. We put the cooler down, I held up my hands, I was waving them back and forth, I could see myself so plainly, like there was a a, some, a deer spotting beam right behind me shooting my shadow up against this white surface. I could hold my fingers up, one, two, three, and count them and see them plainly in shadow form in front of me. And so I'm moving around and I'm, and we're, I'm going, oh my God, what is this? And he's doing the same thing. He's kind of you know leaning back and forth and lifting up a leg and putting up an arm and he's doing the same thing. And he is seeing his shadow. I'm seeing my shadow, but we don't see each other's. We each see the exact same thing. And we were in, in a space of about 20 to 30 seconds. We extolled this discovery. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. None of us, we were completely unfamiliar with the term or the existence of Fogbow, a Fogbow. And at one point, the most interesting part of it happened, and we were both leaning around and kind of moving and watching our shadow play, and our heads touched together. Our heads actually bumped together, and then, you know, like if you bump heads with somebody just slightly, you know, you pop right back off again. But in that second when we made contact, I saw his shadow. When we made physical contact our heads to each other by mistake, we could see the other person's shadow as well. Suddenly it was there and then it was gone. So we touched heads again and there it was. Even weirder, 
So now imagine if there had actually been anybody else out there at that park early that morning watching these two middle-aged men dancing around and moving their arms around like they're trying to, you know, spook somebody out in a ghost house or something like that, or some sort of weird slow motion cheer or dance that we're doing. And then suddenly we're touching heads and we're moving around with our heads like Siamese head twins. And they would have thought we were obviously just insane gay people and hopefully left us alone and gone about their merry way. But I mean, it would have been a bizarre looking thing at that point, we said, let's run this down and come back. We grab the cooler. We walk right through the mist, the fog, the cloud, where it was. It just sort of dissipated as we got closer. We set down the cooler, wrapped a chain around it, tied it to the bench. It was all locked down so nobody could steal our lunch. We went running back to the top of the hill, and it was gone. It was gone. We had lost it. The fog had moved up the little walkway and up the mountain, and it was no more. We went back to the people we were meeting. I guess there were 14, 15 of us, different folks. From there. It was included two meteorologists. One of them looked at me and my buddy and said, you guys are tripping, aren't you? You guys are doing shrooms, aren't you? And we, no, no, we're not doing shrooms. We're up here for a charity walk. We're straight as we can be. We're sober as judges. And he was just like going, I don't. And the other one, the other meteorologist from a local TV station said it was a fog bow. You saw a fog bow also known as a glory. And we got into it, and it was, everybody wanted to, it was too late. Nobody could go see it again. So we enjoyed the inversion. We enjoyed the day. We raised some money. Yay. Ever since then, I've been looking for one because I felt like I squandered that opportunity and left, you know, this remarkable moment in time that was given to me as a gift from God. And I have been going where I live on the mountaintop any time there's an inversion. Anytime the conditions might be right, but it's going to have to be in the morning because that's the only time you're going to be able to get the effect on the ground of looking down. You've got to have the fog in the valley. The sun has got to be behind you, but it can't be too high above you because now it's not behind you anymore. It's just beating down on you. You're not going to get the prismatic effect anymore. So it's only going to happen in the morning and you have to be at the edge of of a drop-off. So these are pretty specific things that you need. Edge of a drop-off, I happen to live next to the cliff, next to the bluff of the mountain where we fly hang gliders and paragliders at the home of the Tennessee Treetoppers, Ensign's Gap. That's the world's largest organization club for hang gliders and paragliders. And so we have tons of cliff space, bluff space, that's just wooded I can walk to it from my house. I can drive to it in one minute, any number of places along this rocky cliff. And there's the launch site itself that has this big wooden radial ramp that rolls off the side of the mountain where we run our hang gliders off. And I have access to all this. And I've been looking and looking and looking other places. Anytime those ingredients came together, I've always kept my eyes peeled. Even on those days when it seemed like it would be perfect, the fog was too low. The fog had already gotten too high and was coming out of the valley. I got there too late, too early. The sun just wasn't right. It wasn't powerful enough to really cut through maybe some of that morning fog on the top of the mountain. And this time, though, last Sunday, I walked out, and I knew when I got there I was going to see it. I could tell. I could tell because I could already see from where I parked a good 
oh, 200 feet away from the edge of the cliff, just across a lawn area where we set up our gliders next to the clubhouse. I could tell there was a prismatic effect in the fog from the sunlight, even from the parking lot where I was. And I let my dogs loose, and I got the GoPro out that Jason here, the Argonaut producing this show, has loaned to me. And I turned it on, and I walked up, and I went, there it is, there it is. Oh, my God, there it is. When you watch the video, if you go back and look at the video that is attached to this, I promise you it is worth your while. And it'll be something I hope you would share with other people because it's truly inspiring. It's an inspiring vision. And you see the whole thing, but it's actually out of sync. The video, that's the second place I went to I start with because I actually start narrating. The first thing is when I'm actually walking up to it and I'm just going, there it is, there it is. It's like a cross between Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Loch Ness Monster, Abominable Snowman, and a UFO as far as I'm concerned. This thing I've been in search of. And as I get closer and closer to the edge of the cliff, it gets more and more distinct. There's a big circular, just gray marker, a circle, a circle, just a big arcing thing that goes all the way 360 degrees in the air. And then at the very core of it, so there's really multiple layers of this thing, you've got the circle, and at the center of the circle, like a bullseye, is a little circular rainbow. And because you're standing on the ground and you can't get any closer than the edge, you will always have, you know, 98% of the circle. It goes up and around like a corona, like a halo. And it's just Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, just like any other rainbow in this circular pattern, and your shadow is in the dead center of it. Now, when I first came up on it, it was probably 200 feet out in front of me. So that's how far my shadow was being cast against this rainbow. And that's the second time you see it in the video when I'm just, just going... There it is. And then I, I actually take my finger and I put it in front of the camera and I'm trying to outline what I'm looking at because I have no idea if the camera's actually capturing this or not. And then there's a segment at the end of the video, which was indeed the second place I went to look at it. And I'm just like going, there it is. There it is. Look at that. Look at that. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. And I'm just completely at a loss for words. It's just an absolutely glorious thing. I've not met hardly anybody in my life that even knows what I'm talking about. The, the video starts off with the third encounter. Now I've moved over to the launch ramp, and it actually is closer. It's gotten closer to the bluff as the fog is rising, and I narrate what I'm looking at, and I describe it because I want people to see this video and to know what they're seeing. And you see the rainbow get more and more distinct as the sun blazes, and then it sort of disappears again over and over, over that three and a half minutes. There are points where it's just dazzling. It looks like some sort of Hollywood special effect. And there are moments when it almost kind of just drifts away, and it's like, is that my imagination, or is there a rainbow in there? And that's the way it was for like 45 minutes. And I also, not only did I get the video of it, I'm so pumped about this, I want you guys to spread it far and wide, fredpodcast.com, tell everybody to go if you can't send a link by email or whatever, 
Tell them to go fredpodcast.com and take a look at this thing. And three people, a family, a couple, and a grandmother came up while I was there. My dogs were interacting with them. And I had was still seeing it, but they didn't want to get close enough to the edge. They're just, they were tourists. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. They were clearly out for a drive, didn't go to church, and they just saw that the gate was open, so pulled in because it's a beautiful view. And it, with the fog and the river, you know, fog below us with the inversion, that makes it even more spectacular for most people. They're not used to seeing that. But I actually convinced them. I stood on the edge and convinced them to come closer until they could actually see the phenomenon of the fog bow with their own eyes. And they were taking pictures of it, too. I don't know who they were. I have no idea where they were from. We didn't exchange numbers or anything like that. But I held my right arm out like it was a crossbar so the grandmother could actually step to the edge with confidence. And I was just trying to be as rigid and iron, you know, cross as I could be. And so she could lean over, and she just couldn't t- stop talking about it. She was effusive. Oh, my God, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Never knew anything like that existed. I felt so exhilarated. So that's the story in Storyville today is the fact that I saw this thing the first time and I thought it was amazing, but all I had was my story. This second time, and there may be a third, a picture of mine has a a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, one of my best friends has a picture of me that he posted on Facebook in front of a Fogbo, a much younger me, obviously on a mountaintop wearing rain gear, so it's clearly been raining, but it's sunny in the picture, and there's a fog bow behind me. I honestly have no memory of that. I could have been really, really stoned. I have no idea. It could have been an after a night of party, and I, we could have still been awake, uh, considering what I about the age I look in this picture. So maybe this is the third one I've seen. I just don't remember the first one. But at any rate, it's just... It's a, a fascinating phenomenon. I think everybody, I think the moral of this story and the lesson here is everybody needs to look up and look around a little more often. I've been saying that since I started doing talk radio. People don't look up enough at the skies. The skies are fascinating. Clouds, birds in flight, migratory patterns, the stars, the things that happen at night, like the shooting stars, the, the Perseids, the Geminids, all the different meteorite showers we get here. We have all kinds of cool stuff that happens in the sky. Nobody ever looks up or often just don't look around. And it, it's, it's a shame. And I'll end with this. The next day, Monday, I've gotten a video. I've come in. I've actually put the video together I'm so proud of myself, and I'm thinking, well, that's it. God has blessed me for this year. He's taken this crappy year. He's given me a great ending to it with this fog bow and and finally being able to say, I did it. I found another one, and I recorded it. And I was thinking, well, that's as good as it's going to get. And then as I'm heading off the mountain down into the little town, Dunlap, Tennessee, it's about a 12 to 15-minute drive off the mountain down. I'm going down the highway. And a murmur of starlings comes up toward me in the sky right above the road. And it continues to come and continues to come. As I'm going down, tens of thousands of starlings are in a line. And they are following the roadbed. 
because it's a mountain on each side with the gap in the middle. That's what they call Henson's Gap. And so they were all the way stretched across the valley to the mountain on the other side of the valley. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of birds, and they stayed directly in line with the road. So I'm going down the hill, looking up, and there's this swirling, twirling, undulating, just cloud of birds above me for several minutes. I actually drove past my exit because I didn't want to get out from under them. It was so hypnotic and finally did, turned around and came on back down and finished my business. So I'm just telling you, I feel extremely lucky right now. Just two things that happened in the sky above me and around me that I was lucky enough to pay attention to and say, thank you, God. And after this year, we need to be digging for things we can be thankful for. And when they get handed to you on a silver platter, share them so other people can feel a little more hopeful too. Thank you for listening to Storyville. Don't forget, go check out the video and share it with your friends. Fredpodcast.com. Thank you. Fred Podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors, Kelly Subaru, Safe, Frugal, and Green, Riverfront at MLK, and at kellysubaru.com, Dr. Brett Moldenhauer, Institute for Acupuncture and Wellness, and North Spring Cryotherapy and Rejuvenation Center. Find them at northspring.com. For more, go to fredpodcast.com.